picture, if you will, a streaming landscape. Rife with all sorts of options. Are you picturing a DC-only streaming platform? I'm not. Because you should be. Oh. Because the show we're talking about today was the flagship show of the DC streaming platform, Harley Quinn. It's an excellent show that we're, we're going to dive into today. But it's rife with some a little bit of drama because of the streaming wars. I don't know, I don't know if Tej is aware of this, but uh, it, the show had to hustle itself along because it was the only successful thing that DC had happening for it for like two years. Did you know this, Tej? Yeah, um, I think, I didn't know it was the flagship show for the DC, what was it called, DC Universe, is that what the thing was called? I, it might have even been like DC Plus, honestly, it was like, it was not an original name. Yeah, it was called DC Universe, what a stupid name for a streaming service. Yeah, uh, I was like probably one of 50 people um, that had a <laughs> subscription service. Yeah, and two of those people I actually gifted to them because I wanted the service to do well. I think, I think the first time I watched this show was at your house in California, um, when it like first came out when it was still DCU service. Yeah, it, it's a. Uh, it was honestly user interface awful. Most things about terrible. it terrible, awful. <laughs> but uh, it had a great content. You can't deny that. So the the two big things they had going for it were the revival of Young Justice and then mm -hmm. Harley Quinn. And Harley Quinn was the thing that really took off. I mean, Young Justice is always going to have the Young Justice fan base. But Harley Quinn, just like, it felt like it hit the stratosphere. So much so that when the streaming service was in trouble... They put a lot of pressure on the creators of Harley Quinn to pump out season two in record time. Uh, season two came out within a year of the first season, I am pretty sure. Let me, I'll double check my facts, but like it was abnormally fast how quickly they pumped out the season. And I read an it article back... It doesn't seem like, it doesn't sound like it. Like watching it doesn't seem like they lost any sort of like yeah no no so like in, it didn't seem in, like in, a in quality or anything yeah creatively speaking they they had plenty to work with and they they did a good job but it was mm -hmm. definitely rushed um, there was there was a pressure cooker put on the the team that was making it because they thought it was the only thing that could save their fledgling uh, streaming service but it didn't work surprise surprise. Um, and now they're on a much better streaming service, Max, formerly known as well, HBO Max. Yeah. <laughs> they're now on a better streaming service that has gone through five rebrands of its own. Yeah, I mean, Warner Brothers is just a mess. It always has been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's dive into the show. And, you know, for those that somehow aren't familiar with Harley Quinn... Um, she is 
Joker's sidekick, Joker being one of the big villains of Batman. Um, uh, like his girlfriend, <laughs> but like they're in a very abusive relationship. Yeah. Um, and like throughout Three. all, of, but yeah, you know, she, uh, she's gone through lots of evolution, definitely from where she started. Um, one of the, the few characters that was not born of the comic books, mm-hmm. um, actually born of Batman, the animated series. Whole plot. A legendary legendary show that we will be diving deeply into in another season yeah no it's 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 wild how infrequently something like that happens and the fact that harley quinn is like at least i I wouldn't necessarily say now anymore but like for a solid like four or five years like was one of the most recognizable like dc characters on the screen Oh, for sure. Because you, yeah. you had this show, you had the Suicide Squad movies. Like, it was just Harley Quinn all day. Yeah, it was a Harley Quinn show. And everyone forgot Tinder. about Joker for a little while because he was played by, um... Oh, my God, what's that jackass's name? The one that has a cult? Morbius. Yeah, I don't... I also don't remember that guy's name. Uh, oh, my God. He's a, he's a very big deal. He was more... <laughs> I'm just gonna keep calling him Morbius. Yeah, just Morb. He's just Morb. Yeah, yeah. He was more. He went from Joker to Morbius, and man, somehow, it was worse. Somehow. Um, so yeah, we we went back to our old format for this one. Um, we're gonna be telling you know the uh, directors and the voice actors, but we went back to the old format because this one it's not like other superhero shows it's a uh, very episodic there are overarching relationships and stories but they don't really matter episode to episode um would you say that's yeah fair to say? it's it's you get tidbits yeah, yeah you get tidbits of like the the main plot and then the episodes like so, it's weird because the main plot is like a b plot um but then the episodes kind of just yeah, they just kind of do their own thing, and it's like, oh, by the way, also, uh, Kite Man is getting married. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kite Man's getting married to <laughs> to Poison Ivy. There's a love triangle. It's it's all good stuff. Kite Man, the the really really the undersung hero of the entire show, if we're being honest. The, the breakout star. <laughs> yeah, like uh, yeah. this man deserves his own show. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love Kite Man. For a while after we watched that first season, me and Kyle just kept saying hell yeah to each other as Kite Man. And we are we're not children. We're old men at this point, just saying that. Yeah, out of college. Guys. Out of college. That's how cool Kite Man is. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um So actors do you have them pulled up yeah so the voice actors uh, there's there's a shit ton of voice actors because there's a shit ton but we're just gonna focus on our main crime squad and maybe like joker yeah they they this show references like basically every character that's kind of important in the DC universe but what you need to know is that Harley Quinn is played by Kaylee Cuoco um, 
best known for, I believe, the Big Bang Theory at this point. Um, Lake Bell plays Poison Ivy. Um, I'm not really familiar with Lake Bell, but I know that she was in like Peabody and Sherman or whatever that movie was called. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Alan Tudyk, I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name. He plays Clayface and he also plays Joker. Alan um, Tudyk is just the is, man. He is. He's been in a, like a lot of things. 28 Days, Knight's Tale. Moana. Um, he was in Dodgeball. He was in Moana. Oh, I never saw Moana. He plays the chicken. The very stupid yeah. chicken. He doesn't say a word throughout it. He just makes chicken sounds and he's credited as the chicken. Man, that sounds like he had a friend on production that just wanted to give him some money. <laughs> right? Just like, dude, just show up, make chicken sounds. He's and we'll ju- give you a million dollars. He is Juilliard trained, and he was like, I'll be there. Yeah. What he also this? plays the best character in the show, Condiment King, who is not someone that we... Not the episode that we watched, but Condiment King is hilarious, and I love him. <laughs> yeah. Um, other voice actors are Ron Funches. The, he's a comedian. He plays mm-hmm. King Shark. Um, Tony Hale, who is Dr. Psycho. Uh, and uh, Jason Alexander, who I think is already gone from my recollection by the time we get to the the, sh- the episodes that we watched. Uh, but he plays Cyborgman, who is like a side henchman. I don't even know. It's like their landlord. It's weird. Yeah, he's their landlord who's a cyborg. Yeah, uh, that's which is why his name is Cyborg. Oh, Jewish cyborg. Like he is very coded as a Jewish man. This, I feel like there's like a million people that are very coded as Jewish in this show. This is a very Jewish show. Yeah, you know, Jews rule comedy. So. I can say that. Yeah. I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, finally, uh, J.B. Smooth, who plays Frank the Plant. I love J.B. Smooth. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a talking plant uh, who is just... I mean, he, he's the main focus of, the se- of season three, but like... I don't know, he's just always funny. I, I've never had an interaction with Frank the Plant in one of these episodes that I didn't enjoy. Yeah, he um, he plays Ivy's best friend. You know, as as I'm sure you... Plenty of you could have guessed that. Yeah, but that's the, that's the main voice cast. The only other one that I feel like is important to mention um, is... Uh, I've never get this, name's guy, this guy's name right. It's Diedrich Bader. He's mm-hmm. uh, he played Batman in this show, but he also voiced Batman in the the Brave and the Bold show. So he's had some experience. Yeah, and, uh, uh, and he he, all... he got to have some fun with it though when he when he does it for this show. <laughs> yeah, and then finally uh, James uh, Adomian. I don't know how to say his name either, but uh, he plays Bane, who is not one of the characters in either of our episodes. But I just wanted to give him an honorable mention because Bane is the best character in this show. Bane just shows up and like he he what was he got obsessed about a uh, what was it a blender a food processor <laughs> that he gave to Joker and Harley yeah. as a wedding gift and he never got it back and he doesn't stop talking about it throughout the series and he just he just mumbles <laughs> threatening lines under his breath because he's too insecure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the show does a great job of flipping characters on their head. Uh, another one that I think deserves an honorable mention is uh, Christopher Maloney as uh, Commissioner James Gordon. Ooh, uh, fair, yeah. Because James Gordon, because usually he's like 
the brave, stoic detective. But in this, he's just like a fucking goober dumbass. Uh, like, part of me wanted to say he wasn't brave, but like, he is still brave. He's just stupid. He's yeah no he his his defining <laughs> characteristic is that he is really stupid. Yeah, there was that there was one episode while scrolling through to find the episode we were watching that I was like oh shit I should have chosen that was uh, the one where Clayface's hand gets detached and and Jim Gordon becomes best friend with the sentient clay hand <laughs> and they like go on like they have like a like a friendly romantic day together. <laughs> Yeah. This show was hard for me to pick one episode for because I will say that almost all the episodes are good. The only episode that I can remember that I didn't really care about was maybe like the the first Doctor Freeze Nora Freeze episode. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Forgettable. All the other ones amazing. They're all great. Uh show. Um so the, the show is created by Justin Halpern, Patrick Schumacher, and Dean Lowry. Um, it has so far 47 episodes and actually four seasons. I didn't even realize that until we went to go watch these, so I need to watch the fourth season. Bro, same. Um, I was like, what? They I feel like they didn't do any advertising for this. Like, it just sort of showed up on there. Um, well, season four only came out on the twenty seventh. Oh, okay. Well, that of means. July. So Shit. it's only it only came out a few days ago, but still, like, still no advertising. It kind of appeared all. out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we can't give you any feedback on season four, but we can tell you about some other things. So the the two two episodes we chose, um, Tej chose the more memorable. Uh, after watching the two, I was like, I remember, I was like, yeah, the, the Batman episode's one of the best episodes ever. Because <laughs> it, it just, uh, let's just dive into it, but it's just such a perfect Batman episode. <laughs> so, um, so all the episodes have weird, you know, little pun names. This one was named Batman Begins Forever, which is a pun on Batman Begins and Batman Forever. Um, it's episode 34 overall, um, episode 8 of season 3, um, originally premiered in September 1st of 2022. Uh, it was written uh, by Jameson Boric, and then I think it was directed by uh, Vinton Quake. I don't know if I'm saying that name correctly. Um, the premise of the episode, like we said, there's an overarching backstory of Frank the Plant, who has gone missing. And through shenanigans in previous episodes, they seem to come to find out that Bruce Wayne has kidnapped Frank. And they're now trying to uh, steal that information of where, where he has uh, put Frank and where he's be- keeping Frank by entering his mind through Dr. Psycho. Um, of course, just like the previous times that they've entered someone's mind, uh, it goes horribly wrong. Uh, and we find out that, just like in most other media, uh, Bruce Wayne slash Batman is incredibly fucked up in the head. Um, the only memory that he has is uh, the memory of Joe Chill killing his parents, just playing on repeat in his head. And they cannot 
change that. They're, they're, they keep trying to like think of different ways to get his attention, but it just keeps happening until they finally uh, basically just run away with Bruce. And they're, they're keeping Joe Chill at bay. Um, all the while, Harley, who is now stuck with uh, Bruce Wayne, child Bruce Wayne on her own, is having to kind of also like psychoanalyze him. Um, and it's a, it's a weird juxtaposition because it's child Bruce Wayne who also sometimes like has the insight of grown adult Bruce Wayne in the body of child Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And the, the whole episode is just about getting Bruce over the death of his parents, which is played off in this show kind of in a very minor way, but that's like the entirety of Batman's backstory, so yeah, good and, luck. And it's a great, fun episode because it, you know, for anyone that is a Batman fan, you've seen that moment countless times, and yeah. so the, the show is just like I, I felt like it was more so than being a psychological thing. It was just making fun of the Batman yeah. mythology entirely. It was just like, and here's his parents getting killed again. I love the, um, cause for whatever reason, every time they do that, they don't change the movie, or at least most of the time they don't change the movie that's playing. So it's almost always the mask of Zorro. And they even reference that in this. And he goes, no, the 1955 one or something like that. And then there's oh, just no. like a pause. And then, no, she, uh, yeah, Harley, he was like, he was like, uh, he was really wanted to go see the mask of Zorro. And she said, Oh, Antonio Banderas really had an effect on you. He's like, no, the 1950s one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, they just brush over it because it's like, well, there's no way that it was actually that one. Timeline-wise. Yeah. Time <laughs> yeah. But what a wild thing that now, if you want to have a modern retelling of Batman, he was really jazzed about seeing Antonio Banderas in a movie that I'm pretty sure didn't do that well. Yeah, in... Even honestly, even if you were to change it to something like within that year, what are your options? <laughs> it's like he was going to see Mission Impossible, maybe. He was going to go see Spy Kids 3D. <laughs> also, only Antonio Banderas movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> I don't know, but that's—I mean—that's the basic gist of the episode. You find out that the reason Batman kidnapped Frank is. Uh, to modify his powers to now allow Bruce to resurrect his dead parents as plant zombies and Bruce has kind of gone completely off the deep end um, regardless of what the consequences may be that's what he's trying to do and that's kind of where the episode ends I mean we find out that that's his ultimate goal and I and despite uh, Harley's best efforts she just can't convince him otherwise because I mean that's his whole that's his whole being is his dead parents. Yeah, nothing will distract Bruce Wayne from the fact his parents are dead. Yeah, but I mean outside of that, the the episode has a lot of like fun little Easter eggs and references to past Batman media. Um, Harley has multiple costume changes. At one point, she's in her original uh, Batman the Animated Series costume. Um, at one point, she is in the original Dick Grayson Robin costume and even references like, hey man, like, yeah, this is like 
maneuverability wise is great but i'm basically wearing a thong it's like yeah people just let that go yeah <laughs> why didn't robin get pants why did robin not get pants <laughs> everyone else was getting pants why didn't robin get pants explain yourself bruce Ex- yeah dude bruce explain yourself why was robin why was robin literally wearing underwear that's <laughs> the way and he like, wanted to dress uh, uh. <laughs> I mean I get he's an acrobat but come on man like give the guy some shorts at least at least at yeah. least <clears throat> yeah it's it for the episode yeah yeah I mean the, they're usually pretty quick and fun episodes um, was there was there else something there's something else of note that happened like a really funny scene there's uh, there's the overarching like back, like I, at this point I want to say like D plot of they're trying to make a movie about Bruce Wayne about about uh Thomas Wayne's death. Uh, Clayface is supposed to be playing him, um, in the movie and is using this repressed memory as trying to get like <laughs> yeah uh, that's <laughs> information for for the uh. For his for his role, and he's like, he has a mustache. And I was like, hey man, like you could have looked at a picture, I guess. But no. <laughs> and he keeps on <laughs> he keeps on trying to run up because there are multiple Thomas Waynes that are dying. Yeah. Uh, he keeps on trying to run up, and he's like, what are your last thoughts in your final seconds? And then he dies, and he runs to the. <laughs> he keeps on trying to like catch them in their last second to see what their final thoughts were. And, and the best part is they don't know that they're about to die. Yeah, yeah. He, he's like, what were your final thoughts right before you die? And they're like, right before I die. And then they die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good shit. It's uh, a good episode. It's very indicative of, I think, the rest of the show. Yeah. Fa. Show. Um, the, the episode I chose was called Inner Parademons. Um, it's honestly, it's kind of very easy to explain it's essentially just harley quinn and um ivy they kissed in the episode previous to this one and harley's realizing that she's caught some feelings but to overcome that she's overcompensating by just like escalating all of her crimes to the nth degree (laughs) um in ending up with like you know Usually, there are certain levels. There are certain tiers of bad guys in the DC universe. Well, she ends up at Darkseid and kills Granny Goodness. You may not be a DC fan, but she pretty much killed a god and took her powers. um, And unleashed just like a hellish army upon Gotham. um, where, Where Jim Gordon was trying to beat them with tanks and and be a brave man but was just a fucking idiot well i think he's he's wearing like a wife beater the whole time (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's not even wearing like his suit and and he always wants um his his daughter barbara gordon that girl to be proud of him so he's always just like i'm gonna go save the city uh baby girl and he never saves the city no well, I think he saves the city once. Oh, maybe once. Yeah, you're right. By accident. Yeah. <laughs> but he gets all the credit. He does. He deserves it. Deserves it. Um, but yeah, throughout throughout the whole episode, Harley's friends are... Everyone at some point 
is trying to tell her that she's doing this to compensate for something. No one really knows quite sure what's happening in her life, but they feel like she's off kilter a bit. Um, and she's like, she's like, no, I'm Harley Quinn. I beat people up and I kiss people. And she just keeps saying that line. She's like, and I kiss, I kiss whoever I want. And she's just like, and then she kisses King Shark. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then she kisses Clayface. And then she kisses Psycho. So she just, she kisses everyone throughout the episode. It's, it's a wild episode. Um, so my favorite subplot of this episode was um, the B plot of Ivy and Kite Man, who are currently engaged. They're about to have brunch for the first time with Kite Man's parents. Uh, a very mundane thing that most people would be doing at some point, but it's just ridiculous that Poison Ivy and a man wearing a kite costume. They're both still in costume, but I think Kite Man wears, like, normal clothes over his costume, like a weirdo. Um, they meet Kite Man's parents, who are overly critical and posh. Um, they, they start loving Ivy, and you find out that the reason that they like her and kind of degrade Kite Man is because they were born with powers and are very disappointed that Kite Man has no powers. Um, which, you know, Ivy does a good job of reminding them, well, he has his kite, but that's not good enough for them. And, you know, after, after a very tense dinner, uh, reinforces the relationship between Poison Ivy and Kite Man in a way that really kind of undercuts a lot of the things that happen later, where it's like, these guys kind of were a pretty good couple, but... I guess they just weren't meant to be. Um, that's eventually when she meets back up with uh, Harley, who's having her own little little escapade. Um, it seems like Harley's going to uh, finally confess her feelings for Poison Ivy out loud, um, but then Kite Man shows up and you know kind of ruins the moment for her. And Poison Ivy's like, "Man, I love Kite Man," which really hard to convince your you know the person that you're in love with to break up with their fiance when that fiance is a right there and b the other person's pretty into them still this podcast has now just become two dudes in their 30s with mustaches just talking about just talking about superheroes and you know what that's how what i wanted my life to be this is the perfect this is the perfect thing for me but anyway, you know, that was that's Harley Quinn. We, we gave you a very brief microcosm of two episodes in a very long series, as, as far as, like, series goes now, because I feel like everything gets canceled after, like, two episodes. Um, it's a great show. I highly recommend that you check it out if you have any interest in, you know, DC. Uh, word to the wise, this is not a show that you should watch with your children um, or let your children watch. It, yeah, it's a very very mature rated show um which i think is to its credit these are all characters that uh that thrive in their ability um to talk about you know just real things and just yell and curse and murder people uh, on main um other than that i mean there's not really much else to say about the show um i can say that it's it's probably one of the best things that DC has put out in a while um, however it's also DC animation which always hits I think there's very few times that I've never that I haven't liked a DC animated uh, 
a DC animated thing that's come out. So I wish that the live action people would take more cues from them. And hopefully this is the direction that James Gunn goes with. Uh, if he's gonna if he's gonna bring any sort of levity to his superhero movies, I think he should take some cues from this show. Um, but definitely not as over the top. This show is incredibly over the top to its benefit. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I would give it. Oh, sure. I would definitely give it a recommendation to watch, and I would give it four Batmans out of five. Uh, the only reason I can't give it five Batmans is because there was definitely not enough references to Batman performing Cunnilingus, which is apparently a controversy that this show drummed up because Warner Brothers was like, no, superheroes don't go down on women. Don't believe me? Look it up. He's a true hero. 